Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm sweaty now. This is <laughs> sweaty. Seriously, I got the rant sweats going. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horror Cast. This is the creatively titled podcast brought to you by us over at AtoZHorror.com and by the Phantom Podcast Network. Take a minute and head on down to downrightcreepy.com slash phantom. Check out all the other awesome shows the network has to offer. For example, you should check out the From My Parents Basement podcast, who most recently got to feeling really good on Moosehead and interviewed uh, George Mihalka, I think is how you pronounce his last name, the guy who directed the original My Bloody Valentine. Wait, they drank Moosehead? I, for one, am fucking jealous, man. They drank Moosehead? Yeah. On air? Yeah. Nice. I'm jealous. Good, good Fuck for them. them. Good for and them. they interviewed the My Bloody Valentine guy. Fucking dickheads so go check that out for now though you're here with us i'm jack and sitting to my right is jake and logic doesn't apply to any of this <laughs> and sitting next to jake is someone else who 3d prints guns it's mark hey boys now the eagle-eared listener may note that this week we were supposed to have watched and be talking about the grudge kind of a follow-up to our juan episode last week you can wait uh, but we didn't do that jake why why didn't we do that uh super bowl happened buddy the, the Super Bowl did happen. Fly, so we Eagles, fly. Super Bowl instead, yeah. and we'll be spe- talking about this. is going to be a Super Bowl podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nick Foles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, because okay. there was a trailer dropped during the Super Bowl, previously unbeknownst about a release date for what was previously the Cloverfield God Particle movie, the third Cloverfield installment. Now we know it to be the Cloverfield Paradox. So... We decided to call an audible, and we're going to be fucking talking about the Cloverfield Paradox. Nice football term, Jack. Thank you. I doubt he for did that those... on purpose, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And this week, as I mentioned, we watch 2018's The Cloverfield Paradox. And this is especially important this week. This is a brand new movie. It's story heavy. We're going to be spoiling it. So fair warning on that. Big wall here. Honestly, the barrier to entry on this thing is nil. It's... On Netflix, you can fucking download it onto your phone and watch it on the bus or whatever. Go watch yeah, the, this movie bus. before you listen to the rest of our podcast. <laughs> watch it in um, the laundromat. So, yeah, both good places. Um, either way, we're going to be spoiling it, so fair warning. Uh, go watch it, then come back. We'll be here. With that out of the way, we've now got to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do beers for fears. Mark, what are your beers for these fears? Okay. Uh, like a professional, oh I actually brought a visual gag, uh, to this one. Of course. So <laughs> to this audio show. Yeah. To the nice. audio show. So <laughs> the actual answer to your question is I'm drinking, uh, emu double IPA. That's called a uh, blast off hop rocket has a little astronaut on it. Boom. Right there. That's not the because visual this gag. Movie's in space. Uh, the, that's from the Moab brewery, by the way, down in Southern Utah, the actual visual gag, Jake, you'll like this. Uh, I Probably. happen to have this koozie. That makes it so that the beer can is fused to my hand as though they were one thing. That as is, if, that is as if matter itself has warped around the beer and my hand. Holy shit, man. I forgot that I got you one of those. <laughs> that is unbelievable. And Mark, would you care to say what the beer is here, visual gag aside? I said it already. It's the Emu Double IPA. Blast off hop rocket by Moab Brewing. Oh, I thought you were also drinking a Spates out of your Spates koozie there. Oh, yeah. The, the koozie thing is a Spates. I don't actually have a Spates. 
So Mark, the Spades Brewery out of New Zealand. I like the koozie. I haven't had the beer, but I uh, I liked your. It's 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 loosely tied to the movie being in space and about astronauts. So good work there. Um, I'm gonna jump on board your bandwagon there. I am drinking the Elysian Space Dust IPA. Sure. Uh, this is a movie where they do some things. They get enveloped in some sort of weird purpley mist energy space dust. If way you to, will. Way to spoil it, Jack. They do some things. I said spoilers. That's what that's so, what people are really pissed about too is the uh, yeah. that you've spoiled that there's space dust involved in this movie. Yeah, the first ten minutes of the movie in the things whatever. that they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but you know, the space dust IPA is tasty. So well done. That's what I got, Jake. What are your yes, beers? Sir. For these uh, I'm drinking beer that I have to drink because it tells me I must drink it fresh, as most of these New England breweries do. This is by Proclamation Ale Company. It is called Process Over Progress. It is an ever changing IPA. So. I'd like to think of this as a beard that is in the spirit of what this series is and what events may or may not have been set off in this movie. See, I think that might be deep, but it also might be really stupid and contrived. So kind of like this movie. Say that. Yep. <laughs> say the name of the beer again. Was it process over progress or progress Pro- over process? Process over progress. That's the more accurate one. For yeah, the that's, that's review correct. spoilers. You nailed it. <laughs> yep. Really nailed it. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so not bad for any of us. Um, I win. I win with we'll the dive. use of visual gags, though. Mm. <laughs> no. No. We'll dive all the way into Cloverfield Paradox soon and talk about why our beers fit well into it. But <laughs> drinking beer isn't the only thing we've done over the course of the last week. It's about Maybe. Done. Uh, We've also watched some other horror movies, and we're going to chat about that. And I'm going to go first because the only one I've watched I'm not allowed to talk about yet. I got an advanced screening of a movie. Watched it. Don't think I'm allowed to talk about it yet, so not very helpful. Mark, cool say Brad, what buddy. the fuck? <laughs> I have, I have a slew of things. Um, first of which, two little pieces of news. Uh, the, I can't get over this like kind of weird conspiracy theory that Elon Musk just got away with murder by launching a dead person into space in the trunk totally. of his car. Totally, it's did. great. I love it. <laughs> totally, <laughs> it's it's really quite. I, I mean, that quite needs accurate. to be in a movie at, at some point. That needs to be something. <laughs> um, moving on from there, I did notice today that uh, we we missed this a little bit. So a little bit of housekeeping in our uh, horror release roundup for this month. Uh, the ritual comes out on Netflix on the ninth. Uh, so by the sure. time you hear this, it will be out. Um, this was one Look. that I guess technically came out in October. Uh, to like a limited theater or something like that. But uh, now it's available on Netflix. I think we all thought it looked pretty good. It's people getting fucked with in the woods. Yeah. I mean, and look, we I'm miss we miss things on the regular, on the horror release roundup. This movie that we're reviewing, we didn't include initially in the horror it's release roundup. It's especially hard with Netflix stuff. This is, yeah. And this is, so The Ritual is also apparently a Netflix branded movie now. So mm. I'm just chucking this up to the bucket of fuck you, Netflix. You need to tell us more in advance. They picked it right up. It's their whole yeah. game. This is the housekeeping episode. (laughs) Okay. Now on to what I've uh, actually watched. So. Oh, great. 2017's Happy Death Day. Uh, This was a big one. Oh, shit. I want to see this one so badly. I haven't yet. I'm actually flabbergasted that you haven't. How'd you Uh, see it? I know. How'd you see it? Groundhog Day is one of my all-time favorite movies. Well, and this ultimately might be why Jack hasn't uh, seen it yet. Is because I got got it the old man way. I got the Blu-ray in the mail. I don't know if you can get it any other way, frankly. Uh, I'm sure you can rent it on Amazon. Can you no, not? I don't that know. Can't Last time I checked, you had to purchase it on Amazon. I don't know if that's changed. No, I, that's probably changed. We're fucking stupid. 
Yeah, well, that's a given. Yeah. So for those of you who do, do not immediately remember which one this was, uh, it's it's a murder mystery, but Groundhog's Day. And the, Yay. the lovely young lady has to solve her own murder that ends her day every single time. And then when she ends solves her it, day? Every, everyone's good. <laughs> yeah, I guess it does end her day. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's fair. And instead of Sonny and Cher, we get 50 Cent. No, we don't, well, do we? Interesting, actually. No, you don't. According, yeah. <laughs> according to the uh, trailer, you get a heavy dose of 50 Cent. And then, suspiciously, that song is completely and utterly absent from the movie, and they replace it with like a cheap knockoff MIDI ringtone. Yeah, well, don't worry that it probably costs a lot more to license a song for a movie than it does for a trailer. Just don't think about that. Yeah. But why would you have it in the... Why have it, was... it in the trailer? Were you excited? <laughs> because... Were you any more excited because it was in the trailer? Yes. I, uh, yes. I mean, I guess I was. There you go. That's I why. I feel manipulated. Marketing, dude. <laughs> You've been manipulated. <laughs> Marketing's <laughs> only legal because it works some of the time. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> uh, what was also interesting about this one is one of the previews leading up to it was about another movie called Before I Fall that is also a Groundhog Day type movie where you die in a car crash at the end of every day somehow. That just looks like Happy Death Day, but a lot less fun. Yeah, but a lot more like somber and like a Nicholas Sparks novel or something. Is it, yeah. is it supposed to be worse. horror or let's, no? Let's call it what it is. It's, it I is don't think it's supposed to be, to be horror. horror. It's kind of like a drama thriller or something or other. Okay, I, I don't I don't care. I'm just that. concerned we're reaching a Groundhog Day sim, uh, singularity. That's that's the issue. I am all for that. I that's, love Groundhog Day. No, that's Day. something to be concerned of. Needle Nose Ned Ryerson. Bang! Ned the Head. Bing! Uh, so as far as how this movie actually goes, it it's basically exactly what you're expecting mm-hmm. um it's it's fun i enjoyed watching it it's not anything that it's probably not gonna like totally knock your socks off but i did enjoy watching it and i'd recommend you see it i had a fan theory about this movie going into it no, you <clears> okay does steven tobolowski have a cameo you're gonna need to tell me who that is <laughs> he's like the most character actor bit that guy of all the that guys no. Um, he was in. He's in Groundhog Day as Ned Needlenose Ryerson. Oh no, he's in, Ned Ryerson is not in this. No, he's in California case. He's in everything. I like. The, okay. Great. I what, what, fuck. You want me to list off Stephen Tobolowski rules? We're gonna be here all night. Uh, in summation, that aside, <laughs> Ned Ryerson aside, uh, I think they did a pretty good job with it. I'm guaranteeing you, it's better okay. than Before I Fall. <laughs> I like that. Yep. Great. Uh, Jacob, about yourself. Next Mar- up. <laughs> yeah, I like how you're cutting Mark off. Heavens. I'm just cutting him off. I've been talking for so long. Um, I lost done? a bet, I think, last time oh. we were on air. Or maybe it was off air. I don't know. <laughs> I, at this point, on and off air. Have Mark, you lose a lot of bets. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Jack, you made me watch Candyman 2, Farewell to the Flesh. Yeah. Mid-90s movie. Classic Mark Fodder. 1995. Yeah. Uh-huh. This movie is unapologetically boring. <laughs> Holy fuck! How could, how unapologetically boring. <laughs> it is so boring. I feel like These being unapologetic so is fairly not boring. God, uh, I fell asleep watching it the first time. So then I went to bed and got like a full night's sleep, and I woke up the next morning and I turned it back on, and then I fell asleep again watching it. <laughs> I I basically got through everything, but like the last ten minutes. So then I finally got through that, and I'm pretty sure I know what happens. But I don't think... Just ignore it. You don't need to watch this. It's terrible. Just, just go watch great. Candyman again. Great. Yeah. <laughs> and have a cup of coffee in your hand, because... Oh, good lord. 
Yeah. This whole franchise, well, I think, is pretty slow moving. <laughs> I also still don't understand the core concept of this guy is tortured and murdered by white plantation owners. So, as a result, his ghost haunts black people in the ghetto. What? Yeah. That doesn't. And there's bees. That doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any <laughs> sense, Jack. <laughs> I'm not here to defend Candyman 2 to you, Mark. Good, because that would be a that'd be a task. <laughs> Jake, you can do your thing. Yes, sir. Um, I'm gonna start with the worst one. I I watched the Monster Project, and I did this. I don't I don't know why I did this. I felt compelled to watch the Dark Tapes a yeah. while back. We talked about you that. Sure that did. went better than I was anticipating. I felt fairly similar when I saw the trailer of the Monster Project, where I remember we talked about it, and I was like, you know what? I think this is actually going to be. I think I might have given it my dark horse, actually. Yeah, which there's literally the no hell way to find out. out. Yeah, I don't even remember it, so give me a quick refresher. <laughs> it's a found footage movie about people making videos with people that they have found over the internet that claim to be real monsters. Okay. Um, this was like the exact inverse. I thought it could be okay. It wasn't. It wasn't really that okay. Uh, the one thing that I will say about it, and I think the <laughs> looking back at the trailer, I was justifiably excited. Mm-hmm. The effects, for the most part, were actually pretty good. They did some decent monster faces in here, uh, and that had a definite attention to detail that, okay, props, tip of the cap, good job. Everything nice, else like was that. pretty pretty poor. Uh, it was overly long. It didn't really like have a thread that I was interested in following. This movie was also boring, Mark. To me, it's just like there's another recent movie that is found footage about there be monsters and go ahead and watch that one as opposed to this. And that movie is digging up the marrow. I just don't see this one having a real place, unfortunately, because there are some there are some decent monster faces. But if that's the only thing you have to say about a movie, then that's not much to say about a movie, is it? No, no, it's really more something you'd say about like a photograph. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jesus. So go ahead and look at the the cover art and then you're kind of (laughs) set. (laughs) A <laughs> lot of jump scares in this movie. A lot of jump scares. It's like totally jump scare. Totes. Okay. About 85% jump scare. The other movie that I watched is called Mr. Jones. This is also a found footage movie. Mr. Jones and me. I had not heard... I know, right? Tell I, like, each I, other fairy tales. Mr. Jones and me. That's why I watched, that's why I watched this movie, okay? Because I was like, when I see that title... Crows mood? No. I see that I see the title of a horror movie called Mr. Jones, and my brain is thinking Wait. Counting Crows. What is Mr. Jones Counting Crows and not Dave Matthews Band? That yes. is correct. Okay. This is a found footage movie about a couple making a documentary in the mountains, and they run across an eccentric artist who, in the universe that this lives in, people know about, and he has like in the past done some really weird shit and they have a run-in with him that's mr jones it is one of the most bizarre yet enchantingly weird fever dream beautiful movies i've seen in a while so you kind of liked it eh jake's one (laughs) for fever dreams it's really cool to look at but it it, there's not a lot going on here really cool to look at though (laughs) if you want to just plop down and turn something on and like turn your brain off and look at it not a bad choice at all uh, nice. How much of it is just staring at beautiful women? Like almost none. However, there are some substantial breasts in this movie. Okay. Do they belong <laughs> to a black-haired flamenco dancer? No. Oh well, then I am disappointed. Well, that's all I've got, Mark. So 
How did you watch this movie? Oh boy, uh, Shutter. Nice. Okay. The Monster Project. Let me re- rewind. Monster Project. If you're a Prime member, you can you can stream that one for no extra charge. Mr. Jones, you have to pay up for Shutter, but I suggest you do so. Yeah, Shutter's great. Yeah, Jack. Yeah, buddy. Oh yeah, you already did your dumbass thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess we yeah, can not allowed to talk about mine. Then. It's a movie yeah. that's coming out actually in the next couple of days. It's interesting because by the time this podcast releases, I think I will have been allowed to talk about the movie. So maybe just, just talk about it. talk about the no, fucking movie. Talk about the movie. If they want to come after no, us, they can come after us. No, I don't want to. It's it. Uh, the person was nice enough to send it to me. I'll talk about it next time. Oh my spoiler. God. That's a, that's a call ahead to next week's show. It's, no, it's, it's not. We, it's a call. Uh, Jake, you're a marketing guy. What do I call that? A teaser. Yeah, you had me. I was drinking beer. Yeah. I'm done, I'm done with you. <laughs> Guys, we're really nailing this outro. Let's go to the feature presentation. Wow. Scarecrow the whole outro. Over at adzhorror.com this week, we watched the brand new 2018's The Cloverfield Paradox. This is on Netflix. Um <laughs> It is. <laughs> I, I got confused because ordinarily I'd say whose pick this is, but this was kind of just like an around the horn universal pick. It just came out. We decided to watch it. The Super Bowl picked this movie, Jack. Yes, it did. Forced yes, our hand. Yes, it did. And there's a lot of articles about how it changed the face of marketing for movies, and I think that's stupid. Uh, I don't. Um, I, I I agree wholeheartedly. So we can get into that. Yeah. 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 Uh, and because the Super Bowl can't do a 30 second plot synopsis, we're going to have to do something. Which one of you boys wants to do it? I think we should no. get Justin Timberlake to do it. Uh, oh, I'm into that. Is he available? He's in the woods. Jack, can you see if he's available? I'll I'll check. Let me text him. Okay. I I don't know how long we want to wait for his response. Yeah, he's 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 probably not available. Here's what we're gonna do uh, <laughs> instead. I think we should each do it, but it's gonna be like a baton passing tag team. We each get ten. Ooh, seconds. that's interesting. That's interesting. That's going to be really fucking hard. Okay, what order are we going in here? Um, Jake, Jack, Mark. What? I Jake, just randomized it in wow, my Wow, I get the like... middle chunk? I get the yeah. fucking middle chunk? Great. Yep. Yep. Okay. Who's, who's keeping Wow, I am not excited time? for this. Well, this is uh, I'll just tell you when to see it. Wait, wait, are we just going to do it as one big 30-second chunk, or do we it's each get one like big 10 30 seconds? One so I don't even get a second to compose myself after he's done with his 10-second chunk? No, here's what you got to do, Jack. You got to compose yourself at about around second nine of his. <laughs> I'll try. Yeah. I don't think that fast, Mark. You got to do a one-second, uh, yeah, composure check thing, Jack. Are you ready? Okay. I, I, I'm as ready as I'm going to get, which is not very. Team effort, guys. Here we go. Jake, clock starts when you start. So the year is 2028, and we run into a cast of characters that are up orbiting the Earth in a particle accelerator called the Shepherd, looking for a way to get us energy. Unlimited. <laughs> Jack. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, they activate the uh, particle accelerator, and it seems to work, but then it overloads, and there's energy sent around the space station, it's and they wake now. up with things damaged and confused. Things go poorly. The Earth is now gone. They have to figure out how to get back. They find a gyroscope in a guy's stomach. Turns out they were upside down on the other side, but they're also in an Time. dimension. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> we didn't we got about halfway get through, through the first 30 minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Guys, we're not a good relay team. Mark, no, you want to go ahead no, and polish it not. off there, buddy? Polish it off. Yeah, so basically the thing goes poorly and they get plummeted into an alternate dimension and shit gets really funky. Uh, and then they slowly begin to realize that 
they're at Earth 2.0 or something like that. It's already at war. The thing disappeared, and their other alternate version of themselves crashed into the ocean like months ago, so they have to teleport back, and then there's a rogue agent who just sort of appears in their space station for some reason. They're in an alternate version of Earth where everything's exactly the same except for a war. They've replaced an Asian woman with a French woman, and <laughs> uh, a German guy is evil. French. Uh, and also, let's just throw this one out there. At Earth 1.0, Earth Prime, uh, as a result of them teleporting into another dimension, they somehow now have Cloverfield monsters everywhere? Yes, they've released the Cloverfield monsters. Sure. Well, um, at least one. At, at different Big points one. throughout space-time. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, okay. let's, I, I have a lot to say about this movie. We have a lot to say about movie. this movie. Oh. Okay, really let's quick. Let's do our favorite exercise. What in the fuck subgenres of horrors this thing fit into? I Mark? Agree. Sci-fi. Boom. Sci-fi. Did it. Nailed it. Bam. Sci-fi. Yeah, it is sci-fi. Mark? Um, space? <laughs> <laughs> what else would it be? Is sci-fi a uh, cosmic horror? I don't know what kind of horror this is. I'm not sure it is horror. <laughs> I'm not sure it's that horror either. It is sci-fi. It's a sci-fi... It's definitely sci-fi. Horror? Question mark movie. There's horrifying parts. Great, we're done. Nailed okay. it. Moving on. What's your history with this movie? Have you guys seen this before? Okay, I have so seen this once. Everybody will know that we are big fans of the Cloverfield series. Oh, uh, yeah. Jake, you and I were special advanced audiences for Cloverfield, the original. Yes, God, we all saw... Yeah, we never will. Uh, we all saw 10 Cloverfield Lane in theaters. We, I think safe to say we all loved that movie. Um, like even the, if we all didn't love the ending of it. Uh, it makes... I'm going to go out on a limb and say it makes more sense now. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to go mean, out on a limb and say it makes absolutely no more sense now. It yeah, does. no, it, it makes, makes more exactly sense. as much sense. It makes more sense. Um, And so we were all... I, I, for one, was excited for when this was still being touted about as God Particle. Um, was excited for the next Cloverfield movie to come out. I was very stoked to see the Super Bowl trailer. And you I was, didn't know. You didn't know? I was giving it the benefit of the doubt. Oh, okay. You weren't excited to see the trailer prior. Oh, yeah, no. I wasn't, I wasn't, like, anticipating a Super Bowl trailer. I was excited once I saw it. Yeah, when those first, like five seconds of screen hit and you're like, I think they had bad robot like almost immediately and they queued up the statue of Liberty head scene from the original Cloverfield movie as part of the trailer too. Yeah. Yep. Once that happened, uh, there was excitement in the air. Y- yes. Positively yes. charged. <laughs> and then the rest of the trailer happened at the end. Uh, uh yeah. Well, I mean, okay. If you're going to intro with, <clears throat> the Statue of Liberty thing, and be like, in 2008, this shit happened, but we never explained why. Find out why. I don't want to find out why. That's not yeah, that's why the I'm whole, here. That's like what's intriguing about it. I <laughs> guess. It doesn't matter. Yeah, ex- yeah, you're making it worse if you're providing backstory. Remember how the Force used to just be the Force? It didn't have Thetans or whatever. Yeah, Metachlorians. But yeah. you, you can't continue. This is... Actually, the Star Wars thing is a perfect example. You can't really continue. Actually, you could with Star Wars. I can think of a lot of ways they're kind of doing it now. Yeah, you absolutely <laughs> can. That's the point. It's hard for people to not try to explain things. They hate ambiguity. So I think that the lowest <sighs> hanging fruit and the least... Look, studios don't like risk. When you're making a big budget movie, risk is bad. That is not a good proposition for people to shell out of their money. And what people like is answers. Okay, yes. but until they get answers, and then they get pissed. Question, question. Yeah, what pissed. part of the ad campaign 
Okay, so there's two options, right? You can just put out a, a trailer for a movie you're about to drop on Netflix that has, like, a relatively high-profile cast. You know, it's bad robot. It's good production. People remember 10 Cloverfield Lane as being pretty good. This is space. You got, like, the arm thing in the trailer. It looks good. Or, option two, you remind people that you pissed them off 10 years ago by providing no context for a movie that came out. And they chose the <laughs> latter. Yes. Ugh. <laughs> Okay. 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 Good. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. I read this about this movie. I think it might be true. This was originally just a generic horror-ish sci-fi movie that was not a Cloverfield movie that they then jammed into the Cloverfield universe by attaching the scenes on the ground. Yeah. I totally believe that now after having seen it. Yes. Oh, well, absolutely. Among a few other things that look like they were literally tacked on post-production. Look, this is no different, but I think it... Eventually, we're going to talk about what it does right, and I think that should happen before what it does wrong, but it's basically the same story as what happened. That was the same case with 10 Cloverfield Lane. Like, that was going to be another movie. I think it was called, like, The Bunker or some shit. It's called Valencia. Way way earlier on. This happened later in the game, but it's the same sort of idea. So, but that that begs the question, what... Raises the question. No, it begs the question, what is... It does not. No, I've been champing at the bit to, uh... uh, Damn it, I said it right! (laughs) Fuck! Yeah, you really Good work, Mark. Way to prove your own point. I've been chomping at the bit to ask this question because it was begged so fervently. Uh, (laughs) What is the Cloverfield universe? Like, if... Well, that's what they're starting to try to explain. I've always viewed... Exactly. I've always viewed Cloverfield as just like, here's a bunch of different movies about different ways the world can end, or about different calamities at at the very least. But you couldn't. There wasn't enough context. I mean, that's what you started to piece together when you were like, oh, they're probably going to take this in a series anthology direction. I mean, I guess. It would have been cool as anthologies with big monsters in them. Like, But that didn't happen in the second one. It was just an alien invasion. No, I think think Jack is calling uh, John Goodman a big monster. Yeah, big fat monster. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, I mean, like... First movie is just a kaiju movie. Second movie is uh, isolation horror. And then they just mark, some mark, 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 end. mark, mark. It's also this one an could alien. They come to us movie. That's true. <laughs> and that's I mean that that can be part of the isolation. Like I think you could still have argued that's separate from the original universe. I don't. You know the aliens in that one don't look anything like the kaiju from the first movie. And then this one, no, like no. you could just have a standalone space thing. You could. If, so, okay. so you're you're just what I'm getting from what you're saying is that you are still attached to the idea that you drew from when Ten Cloverfield Lane came out that this could be an anthology of various calamities occurring. Yeah, I mean, and it it's, went. Yeah. It's going in a different direction. It's going in an explanatory, tethered together, create a universe. J.J. Abrams fucking freak show direction. That's what's happening. That's a problem. Yeah. And, uh, and so, I think so I'm in like one of the stages let's get this, of grief. Okay. Let's get this out of the way right now. The prevailing theory, and I think the one that makes the most sense now, is that this quantum mechanics, hand wavy nonsense, particle accelerator explosion that ruptured space time, yes, scattered clover monsters throughout different parallel universes. One of them being Cloverfield, one of them being this movie, and one of them being Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, and I think that it, I mean, it could have done a variety of things, right? Because in 10 Cloverfield Lane, it wasn't necessarily Clover monsters. It did something to these various Earths that exist in different right. universes. And they may or may not be the same Earth. We don't know anything. Presumably not, but we don't know no, anything about that. I don't, the, I don't think so. And the method of delivery for this uh, theory is 
uh, Don Loge, I actually don't know how to say his name, but he's, he's Harvey Bullock from Gotham. You'd recognize him. Uh, on CNN, one of the astronauts is watching like a 24-hour news network for some reason instead of doing their freaking work. And, uh, for cacking. He, <laughs> and uh, he's just sort of basically directly describing the theory of like, if we smash particles together, who knows? Yeah. Deep sea monsters, monsters could get scattered us. throughout space. Time. It's so on the nose. It's, Although the thing interest- that was... Ooh, go ahead, go, Jack. Jack. Okay. I was going to say, the thing that's interesting about that to me is that that is simultaneously ridiculously handholdy and stupid, and also one of the scenes that is most jam-packed with, like, the Cloververse stuff in this right. movie. Because right. you have this guy who shares the same last name as John Goodman from 10 Cloverfield Lanes. There's theories yep. out there about them being related. There's the thing that pisses me off, and this is this goes back to this being like a very sudden drop that was released at the Super Bowl. I'm not sure they were quite ready or maybe this is intentional. I just don't fully understand yet, but they bother to show the handle, his Twitter handle. That thing exists, but it there are no tweets yet, which doesn't make I a know. lot of sense to me. It seems like a missed opportunity yeah. from a marketing standpoint. Holy shit. Guys, what if this is like extremely meta and this is like the first clue into the actual God Particle movie? That'd be pretty fucking cool. That is, that would redeem the fuck out of this in my mind. Well, I mean, this, that's what I was going to say is there are still ways because Cloverfield is not like it's renowned for being a universe of films now that kind of lives and dies at this point by the alternate reality games that it plays with you as the viewer and the fan. Totally. The geocaching stuff from all it's, it's nuts. They so go that to would such be cool. Lights. I'm going to keep an eye on that handle. But then the other part of that, too, is the, the, the woman who is interviewing him is the same woman who shows up outside the bunker whose, like, face is burning off in 10 Cloverfield Lane. Same actress. Yeah. Really? So there, there's a yeah. lot happening there with, like, the alternate realities. And it's they clearly took their time to make things happen. That's I don't think also there was the a lot. scene where they show the slushy guy, right? Uh, I mean, it's shortly after. Yeah, that's happening like when they're trying to do something because it shakes sure. his bobbleheadiness. Gotcha. I'll maintain that that would have been a good that would have been sufficient to connect the universes with. And then you just drop off the last scene. The last scene's still completely unnecessary because he provides enough yeah. of a like, you know, well, thread well that... yeah, uh, absolutely. OK, okay. we, we got to actually we're, we're just we're on we're we're in lunacy here. It's got so much it's to say about lunacy. this movie. You guys are losing my mind. We got to talk about Burst what it does right. seems with blood. Can I venture that we should just start with does right because I think it's going to go quick. Uh, I don't know. I think this movie does disagree. stuff right. I okay. disagree. I think I was just on it. I'll 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 bring us into this with what I was finishing. There are plenty of instances here where there is an immense level of attention to detail which I I'm, I'm not surprised by. It took me a while to kind of like f- discover them because part of the joy of like Gloververse is having smarter people than yourself figure things out, and then you can kind of look back and enjoy it. There's yeah. been a lot of that. I have a I bit of a quibble with that. Why, Mark, it's, it's too it's... ambiguous? You want things explained to you? No, 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 no. I don't like think Like they... meta <clears throat> or whatever? <laughs> I don't think they have very much attention to detail in this movie. And that's because mm. I'm not giving them very much credit for just redeploying assets they've already used for the other two movies. So here... what? What do you mean? Well, like the slideshow stuff and the assets. things that connect it to but the that's, universe. But that's that's not even that's not even sim- that's not just Cloverfield. That's J.J. Abrams does right. like okay. slusho is in like anything he does. She was in fucking yeah, they're Star like Trek. red apple cigarettes from Tarantino. Yeah, movies. I mean the same thing with like the yeah, absolutely. 
Kelvin gas stations are in multiple different J.J. Abrams things. He has like his own universe that exists. Yeah, and what I, don't I was really going give him to say for continuing to live in that universe because it takes no effort. You just have you have the box of props in your office, and you're just like throw this into random scenes, like whatever. So I I think what you're getting at is that there's a shtick here for whatever like whatever you want to describe it as. It is a shtick, and you're not really loving it. I no, no, Andy's no, no, also no, no, saying no, it's just no, not no, impressive. No. I love the shtick of these movies. It's but it's not impressive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I you have to add something. It's it's like what's the game where you have to like. It's like the walk-off from Zoolander, where you like do the trick, but then you add something to the end. Okay, okay. That what the what the fuck okay. was that analogy, Mark? Okay. That was the best you could come up okay. with there. It's like the walk-off from Zoolander. Do we have a you mute just had to button? come up with something additive? Do and we have you a came mute up with button? The walk-off from Zoolander. It's a good scene. As David Bowie. Wow. I'm not impressed by you, Mark. Well, I'm going to continue on because, like, some of the because of how quickly this thing dropped, there was. I think less of an ability to kind of take in what it had available to you as the viewer, unless you're like really following it and you're on like Reddit and all that shit, which I'm not because there were things out there. There were things out there prior to this movie. There was a site that popped up through. You could get to it through their, whatever Tagruato Japanese site that started getting more active at the end of, at the end of January that you could get to. That was like just zero four eighteen. 2028.com or something and it had some like cryptic messages from whatever the guy's name was uh paradox's real author Stambler. all of that like that's still attention to detail it really is and then i think the most impressive one that i've heard and i've now seen maybe you guys have seen this is someone i don't know how but people do this shit quickly they have no lives they pulled a fucking dark side of the moon on this thing they synced this movie up. They hit play <laughs> at the same time as hitting this. play at the start of the original Cloverfield. And when the particle accelerator works is perfectly in conjunction with when the first hit of the monster starting its rampage in the original Cloverfield okay. happens. Uh, I don't know if I buy that. So there's a couple of things. On you got to try it. You got to try it. I, I'm going to buy I, it. No, no, I, think, I like, I think I like magic true. in my life, you dickhead. I, I think it's true. But uh, people have pointed out that screenplays especially kind of generic sci-fi screenplays like this one all follow the same beats so things are going to happen around the same time anyway and it's not it's not when the the monster first shows up it's when shit starts to hit the fan in the first movie so it's like possibly minutes off if you're talking about when the monster shows up like it's it's no but it's 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 literally when so when it is successful and there's like a jolt and they feel it is literally when the first hit that's like an earthquake happens and there's a jolt and the people react the same way it's basically the same shot like this is intentional so you but you mentioned dark side of the moon and i think the analogy is apt because that's famously unintentional right and i think this could very well be unintentional i and, don't think and I would so totally believe that dark like, side of the moon is intentional jack <laughs> jesus they're genius okay. genius i'm gonna go next um i think the I, I'm at this point disregarding the Cloverfield elements of this movie, the, the like, um, parts on the ground of Earth and with with the monster and all that stuff. I think the, the movie that this was, the sci-fi, generic kind of sci-fi movie, has yes. elements yes. of brilliance in it, and they are beats from other movies, but they're done very well, and I think they could have been doing something interesting. I don't know what happened, but there are some scenes that are terrific, and I'm thinking specifically of the the scene with the, the Russian guy who ends up full of worms later, but when he first starts pulling on his skin, sure. and weird shit's happening, like, that's terrifying, and you don't know what's going on. The first scene with his eye is 
really fucking terrifying. I hate eye uh, shit. So yeah, where they're going, mean. they don't need eyes. <laughs> exactly. Or they they the, can get by with lazy eyes, I suppose. <laughs> and the scene with the woman in the wall, I think, ended up being the French woman who ends up in the wall. I think that with the way the movie bore itself out, I think that ended up being a pretty just a a jump scare that didn't Was pay off French? all that well. What's that? Was she French? She had a French flag sewn to her fucking arm. Oh, she I didn't even look at that. I just assumed she, she was Irish Australian flag. the whole time. Was it an Irish flag? It looked Irish. It, no, it was decidedly no. not an Irish flag. Although she the, wasn't wearing her own suit. They gave her someone else's suit, so never oh, mind. Maybe okay. I, maybe we She was Australian, know. I'm pretty sure. Listen Whatever to the case. Whatever the case. Maybe she was, maybe, maybe she was a Kiwi, and Mark's beer choice is even better. Maybe. I thought, was, I thought that was. He's not actually assumed. drinking spates, you recall. Uh, but he has the koozie. <laughs> Either way, I, I think that scene has elements of like could have been. It, it's the the glimmers of a great movie in there, um, and those scenes in particular were all very good. I don't think they all paid off that well, but they were all very good when they hey, started. Man, so that's I'm going to say the movie something definitely does right. I'm going to say something that is not going to be popular with one mark on this podcast. Yes, hello. There's a certain recent film that I guess like this was equated to when they were going <laughs> through the QA process, if you will, for it. And mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. they thought it was a little bit too much like it. But I'll take this over life. Ooh. I'll take yeah. one. Um, okay, here's the, here's the hierarchy of how that should go. <laughs> What? I'm another visual gag for the podcast listener. My hand is as high as it can go. You should do that while you hit your mic more. By the way, I haven't hit my mic. <laughs> what this movie should have been is the highest level, and then life, and then another step down. What this movie is. That's that's, that's the hierarchy. That's, that's I would. The, what this turned out stupidest. to be is worse than life. I disagree with that. I haven't seen life, so I can't weigh in. So yeah. good talk, Mark. Here's something the movie talk. does right then. Great talk. Uh, well, so I, I kind of just wanted to piggyback on that. This is this should this seems like at least at the very f- the first half of it or so seems like it's basically an Event Horizon remake, more or less. Like, so but with aspects of Alien in it for sure, and a lot of like a pretty classic look, and look. a lot of aspects of the thing in it. So much sci-fi, Alien, Event Horizon, a little bit of life. Obviously, I think there's a decent amount of coherence in here. Oh, like, oh yeah, the with the with the uh the yeah. foosball players. There's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of things. I actually happening. I made that I made that little note that foosball player equals uh, glow sticks. Jack watch coherence. <laughs> Fuck. I, okay. 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 Uh, um, here's here's what th- I here's the actual one I'm bringing to the table though. <laughs> the whole sequence with his arm getting cut off is amazing. Okay. I love really? that whole thing. It's so humor filled. So so that's going to Bring me into a next another thing the movie does right. Chris O'Dowd is delightful <laughs> like in everything he's fucking yeah. in. He's great comic relief mo- in this movie. It's scary when he's scared. He's no. terrific. No, but the this is what I mean. It didn't pay off. The fucking arm thing makes no sense in what this movie he, ends up being. It's, I see. I disagree with you guys. He is too char. I agree with you to the point that I disagree with you about the scene. The scene is is it's well executed. But he is so charming that I don't get any of the impact that I feel like it. And I get that it's like intentionally a little bit tongue in cheek, but I want more impact from something like that. But this this is what I mean. It's a great scene. It doesn't pay off at all because in whatever movie this was supposed to be, 
it probably made sense, but in a movie where they just warped to an alternate dimension that's very much like our Earth, why is the wall eating his arm and cutting oh. it off and giving it sentience? Well, so, well. yeah, for the record, the part where he actually loses his arm I didn't like very much, but everything thereafter pertaining to the arm and the fact that it's just, like, a painless sever of the limb and then the thing becomes sentient, uh, I, I like that a lot. <laughs> My arm helped me find the Earth. <laughs> Uh, it's just, it's ridiculous. He is a ridiculous individual. In the movie, this could have been, and I think was trying to initially be made to be, like, that scene would have been great and would have paid off, but in the, it makes no sense. Right? Why you mix that? You mix, you mix that scene in with a little bit of pure cosmic horror, which they basically do none of other than this. Totally. You got yourself a stew going. Yeah, you man. Do. You do. Yeah. You do. And to, to piggyback off of that, we're doing a lot of piggybacking today, but... I have a I lot to say about this movie, man. It's fine. We're gonna be we're gonna run long. It's fine. <laughs> you have the you have the venue for it. Like that's why we're here, Jack, just so you know. <laughs> just acting, let me talk, damn it. The acting in this movie is tremendous. I think everyone it's... turns in a pretty damn good performance to a great performance. And along with that, the fucking cast, man. So oh, our totally. our pro- our protagonist, Ava, is a fucking badass. She's so cool. She's really cool resourceful and awesome i'm going to butcher her name the actress's don't name worry. don't worry about it her last Gugu name is Mbathara, i believe is the actress's name and how you pronounce it Gugu. um she's she's been in uh i think a few different episodes of black mirror but she was great in those as well she's terrific the character is also awesome you have fucking david oyelowo who was in what uh he selma played, is he also martin luther king in selma so there yeah you go. he's awesome yeah, uh, Dan- I think he was Oscar nominated for that. Whatever. Um, the movie certainly was Oscar nominated. Daniel Bruhl, who was uh, what Colonel Zemo from Inglorious Avengers, Bastards. one of those Avengers. Oh, he was also Captain in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, he was in that too. He's great. Obviously, Chris O'Dowd. Um, I don't know if I recognized any of the other actors. So, so John Ortiz, the guy who plays Monk, uh, yeah. way more recognizable with hair, but he's in. He's in some things. He's actually probably arguably the most like star-studded dude in the cast. Um, oh yeah, okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you have like, I mean, he he was uh Gomi in Breaking Bad, right? No, was he? I no. don't think so. That's a different Fuck. guy. Was that was racist? Of me. But he does he does have like Silver <laughs> Linings Playbook. He's got uh, Kong Skull Island. Um, Holy maybe. shit! Oh, Dad was in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't remember his zombie. Anyway. <laughs> Whatever. There. Are, See, okay, anyway, yeah. acting, cast, all good. The only other thing I'd mention about that is that I do think it's important to mention that this movie is directed by Julius Ona, who's a Nigerian director. I okay. believe this is his first feature film, and that's fucking awesome. Let's get more people that have greater perspectives or from outside the U.S. into... This is barely horror, but look, into tangentially genre to genre films. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, and even though I don't think his direction ended up being very good on this I don't, movie, I, I don't, don't know how much of that was influence after the fact and all that shit. So I would actually I, yeah, say this movie I, is... I don't think this... This movie is yeah. directed well. He yeah. gets good performances out of everybody, and the mm-hmm. cinematography looks pretty good. good. It's, yeah. The, yeah, it it's the connective tissue and the script that are the problems, and I assume he had nothing to do with that. Absolutely. That has to be just a lot of jamming it in there with the whole Paramount Netflix... Tug of War that had to be happening. Now, talking about Tug of War, we're moving a little bit too close to the other thing, because I still wanted to talk a little bit about the pacing of the movie as something it does right. Because it does, like, for as bonkers as this movie turned out out being, uh, it was, like, there was never a point where it dragged. 
yes, it follows, and, and I think I said this other classic screenplay beats, but does it well, right? Where it's enough buildup, it's enough confusion, it's enough action, and then it's enough calm down. Like it's it's exactly the right correctly proportioned. And it's also traditional screenplay elements. And it does that in not a linear order. It's not just a consistent upslope. Because you, you basically like something intense happens and you zoom back to Earth for uh whatever her Hamilton's husband and he's like hanging out with that little girl that he finds, and they're just driving Wait, around. Okay. You get like oh, a moment to God. exhale. We're gonna talk about that more. Oh, oh yeah. I mean that that plotline <laughs> makes absolutely no fucking sense. But what I'm saying is, like from a pacing perspective, something intense happens. You have a moment to exhale. Something intense happens. You have a moment to exhale, and that allows you to like be invested in the movie without getting tired of the movie. Yeah, totally, totally. Which I think, and this is something really interesting, is what makes this movie so so different from a movie like The Lazarus Effect, which is another movie with a great cast, kind of an interesting sci-fi, necessarily hand-wavy plot. But the pacing is a big part of what sets this movie apart as not just a horrible garbage piece of shit, unwatchable, burning trash fire. Thought that might elicit a reaction out of either one of you, but no, I'm just getting blank stares from you both. Good. And now Jake's drinking beer. Still, nobody's talking. It's just Jack monologue train. Cool. This Jack, you said you had buddy. a lot of stuff to say, and we're just testing that hypothesis. Yep. <laughs> so, okay, nope. I'm going to go ahead and transition into what this movie does middle. I only have one thing. There is a <laughs> there is a 3D printed Chekhov's gun in this movie, and it was driving me insane throughout the entire fucking film. They're just like, here's a gun, never gets fired, put it in a locker, and then no yep. one bring it back up until like the last two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> also, yep. I'm very confused about the way this gun shoots. Sometimes it sounds like a gun. Sometimes it's silent. Sometimes it's like sometimes blowing it holes like, in things. So, yeah. Sometimes it sounds like you're dropping Legos on a floor. <laughs> also, Did it 3D also, print gunpowder too. Yeah. Also, the bullets are also 3D printed, which which yeah. leads me to believe they're probably not. They don't have that much structural integrity. It's okay. okay. This thing is basically a We're, slingshot. I got a could lot you, of problems with this gun. <laughs> could you? Uh, could you? Could you shoot a 3D printed gun? Oh, yeah. Actually, that was a whole thing a couple years ago because uh, they were actually able to successfully print a 3D print a gun out of plastic. You could fire it mm-hmm. like two or three times before it blew up, but it was something you Got could it. smuggle through TSA and people were worried. And so the plans now that are available, it's it's very, very illegal to have the entirety of a 3D printed gun. They're missing some kind of pin in the trigger mechanism. Uh, the, the 3D printed gun plans you can get online, but... Um, well, I, I think you do need like, some, some type of spring that you can get out of like a pen. So there's yeah. still like metal in it, but it's yeah, it's one of those things that doesn't actually stop maniacs who are going to do this. So in 2028, this is totally within their own possibility. Sure, I mean 3D printing bullets probably not so much. And frankly, the right. ones totally you had looked like those bullets they used in the X Men movie cause that weren't that were like plastic because Magneto would stop them otherwise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is still one of the most like dubiously confusing plot elements I've seen. Why? Okay, we're we're not here to talk about X Men: The Last Stand. <laughs> Never. <laughs> A, a movie that does science relatively as well as this one may be better. <laughs> so, okay. guys, what did this movie do wrong? I figured this would be the A to Z horror science corner. This is going to be exceptionally difficult to differentiate for the rest of the podcast. So I'm just going to go ahead and say we're at the station. <laughs> we're just going to mix everything in because there's going to be nitpicks. The, in the our, very in our large number of nitpicks I have are part of what this movie does wrong. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. I actually don't have a huge problem with the overall science of this movie. I think at times what they do the a great fuck job. is wrong with you? The science is no, no, Jack. I, no. Look, Mark, Mark, Mark. The overall concept of 
the Higgs boson accelerator particle destroyed, we're in an alternate dimension. They do a good job of the Doctor Who thing of, who knows what the fuck's gonna happen, don't worry too much about that. I have a huge problem with the consistency they maintain about what things are doing what and why, but the overall scientific concept... I think they do an adequate job of, while not getting it correct, hand-waving it enough to be like, don't worry about it, for an enjoyable experience. I will agree to you that they, they do a sufficient amount of hand-waving, but a lot of that just based is based off the fact that, like, I, I feel like it's all based off the CERN thing, where they were like, we don't know what'll happen if we find the Higgs boson, maybe a black hole will open up, I don't know, and then we found it and nothing fucking happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get, you can, there's absolutely no fucking science there. Worst case scenario, you open up a black hole, you're not going to fucking tear a hole into the multiverse. When people talk about dimensions, (laughs) we're not talking about parallel dimensions. We're talking about, like, these other ones that are, like, super collapsed that absorb gravity and shit. There's not, like, shit in there other than gravity. Remember when everybody thought that when they activated the Large Hadron Collider, like, a bunch of time travelers from the future were going to come spilling out because this was going to be the first point in time to which you could time travel back to? People still think that. Okay, but the, (laughs) the they in your sentence and the people in your sentences, those are... Fucking incredibly, uh, those are people who uh, just, I mean, those are conspiracy theorists, right? Yeah. They're people who have no fucking clue what science is. They're just like, I don't know. I read a book one time. That seems like something The same people that think the fact that they misread the Berenstain Bears when they were a kid means that they're from an alternate dimension. Don't fuck on the Mandela theory, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) But, so, I don't have a problem with that overall concept. I have a huge... Huge amount of problems with so much else about the science in this movie. So what you're saying is the part that they... You're accepting that they are able to limitedly wave their hands to get rid of the main concept. I'm okay with that, actually. I understand Like, to go into an alternate dimension and have weird shit happen? Like, I get that. Yeah. Like, if this has been a sci-fi movie where they're like, we activated the, the most powerful particle accelerator in the world, which is much much smaller than the Large Hadron Collider. That's one of the science problems I have. Yeah, also, um, why is it in space? There's no fucking reason for that thing to be in space. Okay, and it. let's say you successfully activate it and it's producing the most energy of ever. You're going to run a fucking extension cord up there? That energy is now powering the space station only. So, yeah, to that point, they actually do mention that this is like a design experiment thing, that they're just, it's a proof of concept. Yeah, they're just trying it. But okay. if that's the case... Why the fuck wouldn't you run your experiment on Earth? Like, there's going to be just as many fucking issues when you move it underground. <laughs> yeah. And and less debris landing on people from the fucking atmosphere. It, it literally doesn't matter where you do it. It's a concept. If the stakes are what they are, it does not matter where you do it. It actually <laughs> does so... matter, Jake, because the only time they've been able to do it is the only place they can't actually get power from it. <laughs> It's really dumb. <laughs> Conceptually, buddy. Like, literally, the only place you shouldn't do this is outer space. Is where they do it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. then, let's say it's successful. No, man, that's... How yeah, many years that's... is it going to be till they can build a version of that back on Earth? It's also, fine, man. They've got Elon Musk. He's like... It, you know what problems least... you wouldn't have on Earth? Venting the fucking condensation. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> or you'd have more condensation. And you'd have a hell of a hard time venting it, because you're underground. <laughs> Look, there's a lot of problems. There's the, and then the gravity also is baffling. What was happening? Sacrifice when scene. He, he jumps and lands on the thing with a force like thunk. Like now I'm magneted into this thing. Yeah, they are in space experiencing Earth gravity. It is 
crazy. <laughs> I felt like they basically just like played the card of like our shit's spinning around. That means there's gravity. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Even on the part that's broken apart and spinning incorrectly now. <laughs> no. And so, in the same sense of the hand waviness, there is like a line in there after they teleport away from Earth 1.0. Where teleport? They say I think it's after they find the arm or something like that, and they're like, "We're in an alternate dimension. Logic doesn't apply anymore." So. You can apply so this that whole line. That's, that's just so they can explain given. away the scenes with Chris O'Dowd's arm and the woman, like, and the 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 gyroscope in the guy in the Russian dude. That that's the the main thing this movie does wrong is they did not do an adequate job explaining the plot of the movie they stole this from. <laughs> well, and that's what I was gonna say. This movie has absolutely fucking no attention to detail, which is why I thought it was funny that Jake brought that up. Because from a science okay, storytelling standpoint, literally everything is wrong. It's it not is, no, he the oververse. He wasn't saying the storytelling. Yeah, yeah, the I'm overall world attention to attention. detail. Putting things in that make sense from a Cloververse standpoint, there is actually an, like an astronomical amount, which is great. And okay. that's what, honestly, as a Cloverfield fan, that's what you want. You don't really, and no. as we start to see more and more and more and more of these movies. That's all you can hope for, because I'm not sure they're going to be good. As, because as here's something else fan, that That's not what I want. I want good story. That's the number they one thing it. I want. Okay, okay. The ship changes dimensions to occupy the same space as the space station from Earth 2. No. What? Right, which no. causes Earth 2 to crash. What? No. Okay. They teleport <laughs> to the opposite side of the sun, dude. They're 300,000, they're two AUs away from the other Earth. No, as soon as they install the gyroscope, they find Earth again. Yeah, on the opposite side of the sun. It's upside down and backwards. They teleported 180 degrees from where they were. So then how did the woman end up fused with the wall? Well, that's another problem, isn't it, Jack? (laughs) Okay, and then here's, here's the other thing. The ship they end up on has recordings... From the space station that crashed in Earth 2. It has the, like, data uploaded to it such that the the, the blonde Thanks. woman, who I thought was French, can access it with three she's clicks. Australian. She When she's stalking around the, the, the mess hall hunting Ava, she pushes three buttons on her wrist device, which apparently has bookmarked videos of Earth 2 Ava's family to pull up on the main <laughs> screen. Why? Ugh. Why? So <laughs> at that point in the movie, they're able to receive a signal from Earth Earth Two, which Earth means two. that might just be like a Wi-Fi connection. But that's the third time she shows Ava that stuff. Maybe. Also, her name's Jensen, which leads me to believe that she's Nordic in some regard. She's not Nordic, dude. She's she looks Nordic. You're just saying that because she's blonde. Yeah. Well, well, I'm also saying that because her name's Jensen, and they don't name their characters in a particularly subtle way in this movie. <laughs> the German guy's named Schmidt. <laughs> she's probably named. Yeah, dude. She's probably named Jensen as a tip of the cap to fucking Black Mountainside. Absolutely. Yeah, that's probably what it was. That movie is so much better than this movie is. Accurate. Next that's question. My favorite horror movie. Why are there worms on board? They 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 don't need those worms for fucking. Anything pertaining yeah, to their why? main I was goddamn that. that was actually mission. a legitimate question I this had for a bit. This is a thing. There, there are worms on the space station, or there have been. <laughs> why? The, because there were. They, I don't know what experiments they were because, doing. They were doing some because. experiments, and every sci-fi Good. thing has glommed Good. onto this. Last man on Earth, right? Um, fucking. Uh, what's the what's the what's the handsome, charming guy's name from last? Not not 
Will Forte. He's the he last man on Earth. There's only one man left. What are you talking about? He was in Colossal. Um, the, Jason the, Sudeikis. The, yes, thank nope. you. Jason Sudeikis plays Will Forte's brother on The Last Man on Earth. Spoilers and he's like an man. astronaut on the space station studying worms. And he makes friends with all the worms. Every space thing these days is about worms. Okay. You sound like an insane person question, right now. Jack, that would be the, on the ISS. They're not on the ISS. They're on a completely separate fucking thing. To study Mark. They don't even have a biologist because their whole the whole point of their mission is <laughs> physics stuff. I mean, they I think they are on the equivalent of the ISS. They've just retrofitted it to have a large hadron collider. To have a shepherd. <laughs> to, Great. <laughs> to have a shepherd. Yeah. Great. I don't know why they still have worms on it. They're also Mark, you can they make did you not see the Martian? They make astronauts do a lot of things. You can be looking for perpetual energy and also looking at how much worms grow in zero G's or whatever. Because that's, that's their follow up. They're like, okay, look, if we can't solve the energy crisis, something about worms, <laughs> worms are going to save us. I guess that's fucking <laughs> that's overtime though, bro. Look, and that, that goes along with why the fuck does the wall have, why the fuck does the worms in the guy's head, the worms in the guy's face start talking to him like the fucking devil? Like, that just comes out of nowhere. He starts hearing voices about I, sabotaging things. I That's a whole like just, they ignored. I assumed that he was hearing voices because he was suffering from acute gyroscopitis. <laughs> and that just makes you want to kill everyone on board. Build yeah, a gun. Gyroscope poisoning is the number one leading cause of Look, psychosis dude, in space. This man had an immense amount of things inside of him. So anything he may or may not have been experiencing is fair game. There were so many things in him. That's so true. Follow-up question. What the fuck is the point of having a gyroscope in outer space? So if you go to like another fucking dimension... I was scouring the depths of my intellect to try and think of all the things a gyroscope can do. <laughs> like you may- <laughs> it's just and look, I'm, I'm quite certain you need a gyroscope for something on a space station. I'm sure it's useful for something. Oh, but I'm it absolutely quite is. certain it's not you the know sole where thing come keeping from. you. Yeah, it's it keeps, not the sole it keeps, thing. It keeps all your readings true to the same point because it like doesn't move because of the preservation of angular momentum. If you right, fucking the same teleport, you need one on so a now boat. you're upside down in a completely different part of the goddamn galaxy, then it does. It has no, no, no use at all. You you plugged it back in and you found Earth. <laughs> you plugged it back in and then all, and then the guy just looks at the window. And he's like, "Oh, it's upside down. I know exactly where we are." You didn't need the also, fucking gyroscope the whole time. The, what do you mean? The he says the constellation is upside down. What the fuck does that mean? You've been spinning around in circles in an orbit looking at it. You've seen that constellation from any possible angle. What he's do you like, mean? That's it's weird. upside that down. Con- that constellation used to be outside that window, but now it's outside. That window. I'm on stomped. a constantly spinning device. You, <laughs> it's upside down now. It's at a different orientation in a thing that's constantly changing positions <laughs> on every axis. But it's upside down now. <laughs> it's, it's some really hard math, you guys, okay? <laughs> they were experiencing shock when they first teleported in time travel. Uh, and it had to wear shit. off before they could see the stars again. Before they could okay. see the constellations. <laughs> I'm going to be the hero this podcast needs and force one of you to say something about something that this movie did wrong that is aside from those just frankly ridiculous nits that you've just been picking. Oh, those are the entirety of the Earth subplot. The entirety of the subplot with Ava's husband on Earth. Go. 
There's no talking. need. Okay. Now we're cooking. I get, cooking. I like, I actually like the idea of it because it, it connects you as the viewer to earth and what's going on and sets the stakes. But then it's just like, oh, the hospital's destroyed. I saved a young girl that we know nothing Dude, about. We also, know her parents. Either. The scene, the scene where he discovers the girl and he's just like, look, it, it zooms in on his face. Like he's seeing something crazy. And then the next time you see her, they're just in a truck. I assumed that she was going to be like, you know, she has become one with the cement block and her organs are like within the thing and she's like fused to it and it's gruesome and awful. But no, there's she's a whole just like standing extended there scene where he tries to call her parents and can't, but NASA can get a hold of her parents somehow or the NASA equivalent, whatever. And then, then they just ignore, uh, then that's just, don't worry about where her parents were or what's going on there because we're just going to, what, he's, hey buddy, can I borrow your bunker? Why isn't his friend in the bunker? It's the end of the world. What the fuck is going on with this bunker? He was on vacation in the Poconos. <laughs> he booked it to the Poconos. Headed up to the Poconos. <laughs> it's, there's, it was stupid and nonsensical and I think actively took away from the emotional impact of the shit with where she killed her kids by building them a nightlight. It's a tough, it's a tough balance, right? Because like, it's a problem, by the He's... way. Don't build your kids a homemade nightlight because you no. will. By the way, get some of those fucking sticky glow in the dark stars that are just based on light absorption. Yeah, we what did the that. Fuck? It was fine. It also, was fine. Also, this lady can't put together a fucking nightlight. Maybe she shouldn't be like the last best hope for humanity. <laughs> as badass as Ava is, she can't build her kids a nightlight without destroying the house. Yeah, guys. We're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, shit. Fucking, what, what was it called? Shepard. Shepard exploded and fell out of the sky. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Well, we set up somebody who, like, literally couldn't put a simple piece of electronics together in order to solve a fucking particle accelerator level of physics problem. Sorry, guys. We really dropped the ball on that. <laughs> Guess rub shit, Greek. <laughs> Also, back to your point, Mark, of why put this in space. There is an energy crisis where the Earth doesn't have enough energy, but we're going to ship a particle accelerator into the fucking atmosphere to test it. That we have that much power. No problem. <laughs> well, the other thing that, that bugs me about these movies is it's always billed like it's these six people who are solving the problem. Like they wouldn't be in fucking constant communication with Earth and all of Earth's <laughs> scientists who are like, have you, have you checked the con- condensation levels? Well, it's why it's why <laughs> The Martian is such a refreshing movie. Because, and, and it's the book, We're not right, here to obviously. talk about The Martian. We're not here to talk about The Martian. But, but that's why that's so really refreshing. Good. The Martian. And and read the book. The book is fucking great because it the is. The book is really good. And it's, it's all of that in an interesting way, diving into the minutia of it when he can't contact NASA. Guys, and you know how much we happens. love minutia. Right. But if you're listening you to this, we're fucking an hour in. You love minutia. We're balls deep in minutia. <laughs> the, yeah. the condensation thing. Motherfucker. This is eight different countries. Best minds at work. And they can't. They can't, they can't compensate for fucking condensation. This baby town and frolics. That's like the number one goddamn thing you do. <laughs> and like, I get that there's a bunch of hilarious missteps, especially with space travel, right? Knobs being the wrong size, such that you can't change them in high pressure. Like shit, like that happens. 
but we have all that knowledge to build on so that the problem, I mean, give a hand-wavy problem. Come up with a math thing we don't know about. Just don't make the problem condensation nobody thought about. <laughs> yeah, just just do like one of, those, one of those things. You go to Wikipedia, you look up Higgs boson, you click on like the fourth word in the <laughs> article for like three <laughs> articles and you land on go like some weird deep. wave particle equation thing. Just say that, say that one. <laughs> None of us are going to be smart enough to go online and look and be like, they're talking about a partial derivative when they should be talking about an actual derivative. <laughs> no one is going to be thinking about that. Good work, Mark. Yeah. <sighs> I'm sweaty now. This is I'm sweaty. <laughs> Seriously, I got the rant sweats going. <laughs> that actually Jake, does like pick- that does kind of point to something, though. I really doubt they consulted with anyone on this movie from a science standpoint. No. They weren't talking to Neil deGrasse Tyson. They weren't like just chilling with him. Dude, every, absolutely. That every guy second. seems delightful. Give him a call. I think he might do it for free. He's he great. Would. He, he absolutely would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Okay, Fuck. I got I got another one that's only kind of science related. This whole movie is sci-fi, so I feel like I'm allowed to bring up like that's the core concept here. So I feel like it's allowed to be intertwined. The deaths in this movie are fucking retarded. It's like they forgot that they had to kill people. Okay, okay. Don't say retarded. Number one. <laughs> first things first. Okay, I apologize. The, the deaths in this movie are ridiculous. <laughs> Better. Let me just start. The Ji Jang character, when she gets uh, turned into an ice sculpture... That's not Dude, how... she's the best character in this movie. She was in Russia. That's Hour not how great. any of that would work. No, that is so far from what would actually... Ha- She'd actually be fine. Because she's in a giant glob of water. I mean, aside from the fact that she's drowning. But, like, you definitely wouldn't <laughs> freeze. that detail. You'd actually the whole be totally thing fine wouldn't until freeze someone came and got Like, fucking... Hey, hey, Mark, Mark, Mark. Ice to meet you. <laughs> Nailed it, Oh, <laughs> boo. <laughs> uh, also, that's not, like... I guess that's part of the... the... Why is it filling with water? That's so much water. It seems like at some point when they before they had rewritten this thing, they were trying to make there be like a malevolent force, a maleficent force even. Thank you. Definitely. That's why it's talking to him. Yeah. And then they just cut that entire subplot without changing anything else. So now you have the thing draining all of the condensation water in there. For no yeah. reason. <laughs> it's uh, it's jamming two movies together. It really, it's jamming Jake. at least two movies together. Jake. Yeah, what's up? I want to hear from you about what you think the movie does wrong. Because you haven't been screaming with Mark well, and I about the science. Yeah, because I'm not, I'm not A to Z science corner, man. I'm A to Z marketing corner. And the marketing on this movie was good. So, <laughs> like, I was largely happy. I mean, but when you watch it, it's a little bit of a letdown. I think, frankly, for the same reasons we were mentioning, even as not a science person, you can kind of tell. But it's great to hear you guys. Honestly, the one that I'm going to center in on, simply because it's like the epitome of what this is doing in the jamming. In epitome. The, at the epitome of the jamming in of the Cloververse is... There's so much jam. This thing... This thing pulled a full-on Blumhouse last five seconds of film. Explain what you mean by that. Okay. Because I would associate Blumhouse with being good, and the last five seconds of this movie is a fucking shit heap. So we haven't even said what happens in the last five seconds of this movie. So in the last, last, at the end of this movie, uh, 
two of the characters, it doesn't even matter, are returning to Earth in an escape pod. And husband on Earth is is basically radioing NASA, like, don't let him come back for whatever reason. It's like, look, they're literally going to die or they might die Which, at this point. Like, great ending. Leave it. Like, if they cut that at, don't, don't let him come back. They don't know what's here. Cut. End. And Credits. then it goes Perfect. Blumhouse. In that it has to do like the final jump scare, which is a jump scare. If we're we're heavily air quoting, this is hardly a horror movie, but one that ties in the Cloverfield monster, although this one's a lot larger, with what has happened throughout the events of this film in the last five seconds. It feels cheap. It feels yeah. cheap. Can I you see can the I escape also pod like out? breach the cloud line and then a clover monster come out from the clouds? Yeah, which actually is a great segue to what I wanted to say. Remember how in the first movie. The monster's size is like wildly variable, <laughs> yeah. and it goes this from being the be size of like a small, like a light post, to the yeah, size be- of a fucking building. And now yeah. apparently, it's big enough to fucking breach the cloud line. So, yeah. in the spirit of 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 people talking a lot about films like this, people have been saying like, "Oh, I mean, this goes to show that you know, in the first one, there was speculation about how that was just a baby because they mentioned it. Could this be a mother? Could this be a full grown? It's like, look, that thing was wildly variable throughout the first film. <laughs> they couldn't figure yeah. that out. Yeah, <laughs> this this one's a fat. This is a fat one. Doesn't matter. <laughs> well, let's also care. just so okay. is your so cat at what, fat, like, skinny, or an in between? So they're at what, like 20, whatever, 20,000, 30,000 feet, something. That's where the cloud layer is. Sure, it's an Everest-sized clover. And the escape pod is known, is like roughly a known size, right? If it's like all of the crew on board, it's probably about 50 feet in diameter. So you have like a rough guess as to like like the scale of this thing. So here's here's what that Cloverfield monster has to look like unless it is actively jumping up into the stratosphere. It is... 20,000 fucking feet of monster, and then its head is about 50 feet wide. Mark, I have a question. Yes? I have a question. I actually don't know how high up the cloud line is. Is it, like, It's fog. They're in San Francisco. (laughs) Four miles up? They're in San Francisco. I'm just going off of what it's like when I'm in a a plane. When we hit cruising altitude at, like, 20,000 feet, there's usually clouds outside. This is this is Bay Area, California. Jokes on you. <laughs> they're actually only like 500 feet off the ground. Okay. Yeah. That's they, actually, I mean, that they're like 10 be. feet off the there ground. Are this thing is, lim- there are cloud levels that low. Well, this and- thing is a pancake with a head on top. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like a fucking. It, it's like a, a. It's like a toothpick with a head on top. Also, no, twenty thousand feet of monster in that it's scene. Not that. But why every other space movie knows that when re-entry capsules re-enter the atmosphere they're all on fire and burning up and look like a fucking comet this one's just sailing calmly down that's because it's hit like 300 feet and it's low-laying clouds over the bay area california and this thing is a pancake (laughs) with a head on top i think you guys are just neglecting to mention the fact that when the thing teleported and time traveled it also teleported a bunch of clouds onto the earth and now there's clouds everywhere i like clouds yeah that's something like, this movie did right. Yeah. <laughs> it had clouds. Good for it. Um, Here's something. No. This no. is definitely just squarely in the nitpick category. Okay. What the fuck is the point of that safe if you can pry it open with half an ounce of pressure? <laughs> is, it, is it a safe or is it just like drawers? They say put it in the safe and they make a point of showing it locking and then they open it with less than no effort. They, it is a crowbar, but it's Some just like zero effort. Boop, popped open. You know, Jack, what it's it's absolutely fuck? possible. 
It's absolutely possible. They forgot about the Chekhov's gun until about 80% of the way through writing this movie. <laughs> and they're like, they like, oh, oh yeah, we Chekhov's have that prop. Gun. Whatever writing software they're using pops up with, you've forgotten about your Chekhov's gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Clippy. Clippy. Clippy <laughs> pops up. Hey, did I you forget writing about a Chekhov's resume gun. slash a screen <laughs> name? Clippy is a lot more expansive than when I used it. <laughs> I So... Here's what would have been much, much better, because it's spoilers, I guess, whatever. It's Jensen who's getting it out of that point. <laughs> spoilers! <laughs> you know what? We're going to keep tagging it, just in case you've gotten 75% of the way in and you feel like you actually If you're just tuning in. <laughs> if you're one of those people who you jumps into 60% of the way through a podcast. <laughs> yeah. You know, this isn't a radio show, right, Mark? We didn't just come back from commercial. If you're just joining us now, spoilers, Jensen is, is the one who's getting this shit because she's a duplicitous motherfucker. And, like, wouldn't it have been so much better if, like, somehow they had said that the the safe on her world was, like, 1056, and then she goes and she puts that in and it doesn't work, and she's like, oh, 6501, and then that works? Because everything's upside oh, down? I would have been pissed if it was just reversed. I don't know. They could have done I think you would have too. You would have been what screaming about how stupid even, I can't is the code is follow just right now. I'm just my saying my visualization of what you're saying is like when you're in junior high and you do the calculator thing that makes like numbers happen and then you turn it upside down and says boobs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That that's the best option is you just make it boobs or boobies. Eight million eight thousand one hundred and thirty-five or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's what it should have been. Option two would have been like some level of inversion from what she knew. And that would have been a good little, like, nod to the fact that she's from an alternate dimension where things are very similar, uh, but slightly different. I, pref- I prefer the boobies one. Well, yeah. I is the Magneto Putty supposed to be sentient? Who's supposed to be sentient? The Magneto Putty that Chris O'Dowd uses oh, all the okay. time. So we're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna stop. Just pretend you didn't ask that question because this is how I was going to transition into that. Hey, Jack. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> could you go ahead and describe to me how the Irishman dies? Like, what the mechanisms are that kill him. Okay. So this is clearly a part of the movie that was still on the Maleficent Force side of things. Yep, yep. Because he gets stuck in an area that gets very oxygen-rich, right? Yes. He needs to do a couple of things. He notably does does not suffer from oxygen toxicity, but we're just going to blow right by that. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. That's fine. That would probably take a while. Look, He mentions it, though. Yeah. Sure. Because that's all it takes to be immune to it, is just to mention it. It's good enough for me sometimes. Look, (laughs) but he, (laughs) they're very clear about don't let anything spark. And he's been using this Magneto putty to fix problems the whole time, which is just goo that you put on an area and then shock and it magically molds into the exact right shape for any occasion. I want that. I want that. Yeah. I think that's just JB Weld. I'm pretty sure that's just JB Weld. He uses this and then... Then there's magnets. Fucking how do they work? Um, yep. The the door magnetizes itself and starts just taking a very small number of the metallic objects, of the ferromagnetic objects. Clearly not all of them. He has them visibly attached yeah. to him. This is the Tagruato scene, by the way. This is where you see their name brand on the wall. <laughs> they, they made great the selective magnets. Yeah. yeah. Um, and things are clearly going wrong. And then the Magneto putty decides to splinter off and attack Chris O'Dowd personally. Now, yeah, you say, you say, 
attack him personally. What do you mean by that? Are they, is it not moving into the magnet like you would expect? It certainly is not, Mark. It splinters off into tendrils that group around him, come back around the opposite direction of the magnet to, to, to wrap him in like arms or tentacles and pierce him. Yeah, and then basically directly recreate a scene from life, which you haven't seen yeah. yet, so I'm not going to blame you for that one, but that was that. Was that. Yep. That's all that was. Uh, it wasn't good. <laughs> no. And it was again <laughs> the same the same theory of there's there's something evil infecting the ship and and controlling things, which would make a hell of a lot more sense if they spent like literally one second of screen time explaining that. Yeah, it's also very much like I've brought this episode up before. Two episodes our arc of Doctor Who, the Impossible Planet, and the Satan Pit. It's that that's exactly what happens. They travel oh. to the devil, and and evil forces cause problems. Oh. <laughs> Says Jake, all of I our readers. Beat the fuck Listeners. out of you on that bet about what sounded more like a thing. That was hard to say. Was that a competition uh, we were having? We, no, we, Mark, this was on the episode, the, the revisit to Black Mountainside, Jake and I did. What the, oh, no one cares. What the, what the thing's voice sounded more like. Jake said Sauron, and I said the, the devil from those two episodes of Doctor Who. I see. This is what wow. our listeners are coming for. <laughs> Ratings? <laughs> Absolutely um, not Hold yet. on. How, how can we not say. be at ratings yet? I got more things to say. In the you one of the opening faster. scenes of this movie, one of the opening scenes of this movie, <clears throat> Ava, who is a badass, is they, they are sacrificing any sort of logic and semblance of a cool shot, which is she puts pictures of her family and videos of her family up on this like giant screen and then touches it with her hand while looking conspicuously the opposite direction and closing her eyes and falling asleep. Or sobbing quietly or whatever she's doing she yep. never sobbing looks at this video asleep. once this touching a video is not the same as looking at a video she knows no, what's like, in the video jack but, she's no, having a moment then why of put it on catharsis. then just fucking think no, about no, no, it no 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 in 2028 or whatever touching it like gives you oh, okay it, it, like does oh, things you have a projector you. built into your teeth <clears throat> jesus yeah no it just like does things to you so that was stupid. I, I still have a number of things to discuss. I'm going to focus in on one of them, and then we can get to ratings. Because this is actually a very important I, thing that I want to talk about. Because I think, I mean, like, look, if you get science wrong, and you get it wrong, like, you actively fuck it up throughout your entire movie, whatever. We can rail on it as much as we, we want, and we have at this point. This is something that's narrative-based. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't think we got that in detail about it. <clears throat> this is something that's narrative-based that... Honestly, the more I think about it, the more it makes me angry. The end of the movie. Spoilers. Jensen... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> if you're just tuning in, we're spoiling. <laughs> Jensen shoots Monk, and then she just moves past him. Jensen shoots Smith twice in, in more, like, severe locations. Yeah, but the gun is making less bullet sounds at that point. Okay, whatever. Yeah, dude, Don't give shoot, a fuck. She's whatever. shooting silly putty at Shut this up. Point. Shut up. She shoots Schmidt twice, and he, like, actively dies on screen. And then Hamilton, whatever, does her thing. She goes, like, full chumbawamba and comes back. <laughs> what the fuck now- <laughs> are you talking about? She gets knocked down, Jake, but she gets up again. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. She, she goes full anarchist. <laughs> Jack gets me. She got knocked down, I she got back up again. So, then there's just a random 
three second max. I, I don't even. It's like literally one second shot where they're like, "We save Schmidt." No fucking mention yeah. of Monk. Monk died they, of significantly lesser injuries, and they don't have any reason of saving Schmidt. They do have a real stupid scene of her pulling plastic bullets that fragmented like hollow points out of him. That's my point. Why is Monk it's not on the other gurney, so like in the background, also stupid. healing? It's the stupidest thing. Why did you kill Monk? You absolutely didn't have to kill that guy. <laughs> Uh, what the God. fuck? <laughs> they had to cut time so they could show more of the scene of a girl you know nothing about in a bunker with a guy I actively dislike. <laughs> they already only have one second allocated to that, and literally the only change you have to make is put the guy on the bed in the background. That's it, and now they're both alive. Now all three of them are alive. Doesn't matter. They fucking parachute into the dude's mouth, the Cloverfield monster's mouth. Fuck it, let's do ratings. Let's get out of here. God. We overrated Easy Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how Tommy would rate making light of Norway's butter situation. But I have noticed that some of your comedians in uh, um, USA are making fun of the fact that we don't have any butter products. Um... Then I want to ask you this. What if it was you that didn't have any butter? What if I came home to you and took your butter from your fridge, the refrigerator, and took your butter away from you? So fuck you, American people. Because you don't know how it feels being without butter in Christmas time. And for 10, think of how you'd rate the number of places that gummy bears bounce. Gummy bears, Stories, first category to rate these movies. Uh, Jake, you didn't say a lot during that review because Mark and I were screaming, so you're going to rate the thing for like all You're screaming all. about science. Uh, story, wow. So there's like this the is honestly, I think, the hardest story rating I've ever had to give. Be well, yeah, because there's the story of this movie as a whole, and then there's like the story of what this does for Cloverfield. So I'm kind of going to try to do Not both that and in. put it somewhere in the weighting that I think it should be applied. So as far as the story as a whole, I think that there is a decent story here that is related to trying to help an apocalypse but it's ultimately not that inspired you've seen it in a few other places it's decent not great where this ties into the cloverfield universe it feels a little bit like just kind of last minute tagged on i i cannot think of a way in which i would view this through the lens of it having a good story which is a bit surprising to me but ultimately that's what i have to do i'm gonna give it a four okay see that's that's really interesting to me i I went on a journey with my <laughs> rating for story, and I haven't even gotten to the end of that journey. I dropped I'm some peyote vamping. when I watched this movie. I'm vamping now because I still don't know what I'm going to give it. I think I'm going to give it a three. Wow. Because okay. at the end okay. of the day, at the end of the day, this is a movie where the only conceivable story is weird shit happens to people on a space station. 
They fucked everything else up. That's the only thing they've got going on. They get points for the cool Cloverfield universe shit they're doing, but they also kind of fucked up the Cloverfield universe mm. by just saying See. clovers throughout space time. Fuck that. They mm. so I it has potential, but it's a three. It's not a good story, Mark. I went the it's opposite direction. <clears throat> and uh, I think it's notable Mark, to point out. Mark? I think it's notable to point out that I have given similar reviews to other movies that had a great concept and then miserably fucking failed in every other Mark? aspect, which is exactly what this movie did. I I'm gave it a very s- nervous. I gave it a seven. Uh, React. No. Uh, okay. Here's here's my point. I, and Jack, you were actually kind of talking about this at the beginning of the episode. I feel like this is... <laughs> the beginning of the episode. The beginning yes. of the episode. I think the record will show I said it perfectly. Um, no. <laughs> definitely don't hit your skip backward 30 second thing, because I said it perfectly, just trust me. I'm definitely not going to splice in exactly what you said slowed down to 25% speed. <laughs> beginning of the episode. Um... This movie makes a great elevator pitch, right? And and you can see the, the like... Does it? It was almost so cool. Without the Cloverfield shit, this could have been a really cool movie. Right, you can That's see... That's the thing, is I don't see, know if it does make a great elevator pitch. You can pitch. see the threads of what they wanted to do and, what and like, how it would have yeah. been. Both of you guys talked about, like, what it could have been. From a, to- from a story perspective, all the notes are there. They just need to connect a few of the lines. Like, there's literally five Look, minutes man. of film here that's missing that would totally, completely. No, no, no. They fix totally it. abandoned the 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 evil force narrative that was the whole point of the movie. Maybe we don't know. There is no story. Well, I mean, I so I understand what you're saying. The execution of it lacks incredibly because they swooped in apparently at the ninth hour and were just like the movie you were trying to make. Now it's no longer that movie. I'm giving this a rating of seven because I actually think that from the very bare bones, outside of what the movie actually turned into perspective, the story itself seems pretty good. And I actually feel like from the standpoint of the actual the actual score we give it is the average of our three, it does need to be a little bit higher than what you guys gave it. Maybe not as high as what I gave it. It probably should settle somewhere in the middle there, but I'm standing Well, by. I think the... Yeah, I think the interesting thing about this is like where do you ultimately pot the like Cloverfield verseness of this? And I think it's a really hard thing to do within the perfect granted categories that we have established. Thank, Thank you. you. So let's talk about immersion, Jack. <laughs> uh this is surprisingly high. This is a 6 for me. With all the problems this movie has, which are manifold and and all over the fucking place, I I still, like, was into this movie. I don't know if it's the Chris O'Dowdness of it, or just Ava's a badass. There's always something to like happening on screen. And even though it's disjointed things of of fear happening, I was still scared by them. I was still paying enough attention for the individual scary scenes to be scary, and that's an immersion thing. And and it's... This is a really hard thing to... to condense down into exactly what it was but i just i compare this so much to the lazarus effect of that movie is unwatchable and this movie is is great but they they, it's they're almost equivalent understandings of science and like consistency within their own universe did you say this movie's did you say this movie's great uh compared to the lazarus effect (laughs) okay that's qualifier (laughs) that's qualifier Uh, and and so I 
I think it might be a little bit of a tilt up, but I was honestly in this thing with throughout all the problems. I think I think the acting serves a huge role in this. So yeah, six. absolutely six. Jake, um, I do agree with what you just said, and I think that also kind of the lead in that I gave it is a bit foreshadowing because that I cannot find another place to put a lot of the for lack of a better term, joy, I think you get as a Cloverfield fan for like looking for the things that they inevitably put in the film that are kind of their Easter egg hunt for you as a fan. Uh, that has you more engrossed in what's happening than I think most movies would bring to the table to begin with. So that's a good sign. The science stuff also, I think, is worth noting, didn't get to me quite as much as you guys because I don't know science for shit. So you know it enough helps. to know that all of this shit is bullshit, though. Oh yeah, but I'm all I'm also very easily able to like just go ahead and let I that like one that you censored sail away. you about to say the word dick to shit. <laughs> yeah, well whatever. It's all the same. Um Yeah, and I think the only other thing I'll say is that I find space stuff more immersive than like other things. Just like adding space <laughs> makes it more immersive to me. So I'm gonna give space this. Space is even your found score. footage, huh? Pretty much. I'm gonna give this a seven. Okay, uh, you know, you know what we did, you guys. We flipped, we flopped. Yeah, we 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 flopped democratic. <laughs> I'll start by saying I actually do think that the world of the space station is relatively well realized, uh, which is something we yeah. haven't really talked about. I guess, I guess, Jake, you mentioned a few of the background things, but like ultimately, yeah, th- there is a world there. But ultimately, I think the way I ended up rating this was like. I've fallen back on this kind of paradigm in the past where story is concept and immersion ends up being execution. And this movie undeniably has just fucking pitiful execution. They fail in like almost every aspect of but, it. But where do you put like the the Cloververse part? I, where can you put that? Where do we put that? So, I don't understand. Well, I don't even I, think that's a boon for this category. I Frankly, I'm still in denial that this is a Cloverfield movie. This is the Cloverfield movie. This explains all of them. That's it's ultimately when we have like six more of these, this is yeah, this is the origin. This is the yeah, I mean, so yeah. I'm I'm lumping this into the same category as like Indiana Jones four, where I just pretend that it didn't happen. Or pretend wow, or just allow because actually that movie is not as bad. It gets a bum rap because it's an Indiana Jones movie, but it's like just a fine blockbuster. That like, movie is bum rap because it's shy. That movie is garbage yeah people hate it because they put shia labeouf in the fucking indiana jones people hate it because he survives a nuclear explosion in a motherfucking fridge yeah there's a lot of things he swings with monkeys then shia labeouf follows a bunch of swinging fucking monkeys to the end game and ants make a tower for someone to climb on that movie is hot garbage from start to finish (gasps) in a way in a way jack i think you'll find that those this movie that movie and this movie very similar and regard. you gave this movie a seven for story. Well, I didn't well, give that movie a seven for story. In any case, I gave this movie a two and a half for immersion. What? What? I, okay, 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 okay. From, uh, uh, look, I agree with most of the things you guys have said. I actually did enjoy watching this movie. And to the credit of our perfect yet and scientific categories, the world building was also relatively good but i have to pot somewhere the fact that they completely and utterly misunderstand how every physical rule of the universe 
hap like works. They do everything the, wrong. I'm, it's not even that they just I'm, have like a casual misunderstanding of it. It's that they actively do the opposite of everything they should have done in this movie from a science perspective. And if you're gonna make a fucking sci-fi movie, maybe you should know what science is. I'm gonna give this movie a seven for the writing of it and story of it, and despite acknowledging that I was immersed in this movie and thought they built a world well, I'm gonna give it a two and a half out of ten for the world building and immersion score. Jack, That's Jack, your theory. Jack, Jack, A. These are scientifically perfect categories, and I feel like you're really fucking on them right now, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> B. This is how I like all the good shit goes into the concept because I do feel like they handled the concept well. And then this is the category where I talk about execution, and the execution of this is essentially everyone in this movie just basically doing a giant fucking, like, belly flop. Wow. Which belly flops are awesome. They are, they're awesome to watch, but they're... they're... It's why it's immersive, Mark. Okay, let's yeah, go logic. to Scare Factor. Jake, what are you going to hit this thing with for a Scare Factor score? Ugh. Ugh? How about a ugh? Uh, three. <clears throat> Going high, huh? There were a couple. There, I know, right? I'm really, really branching out there. There are a couple scenes that are uh, suspenseful and can edge on unnerving, but I wouldn't say this is a scary movie overall. Space is kind of scary, you guys. It's very immersive That's a thing, too. What's the scariest gi- scene in this movie? I'm giving it a four. What's the scariest scene in this movie? The scariest scene in this movie is the one where the Russian dude pulls his skin in the hallway, and she's yeah, and I, I was gonna, still trying I was to gonna say high things. On. Yeah. I feel like he's only here because of the they needed someone to fill with things. Yeah. They needed someone to be the guy <laughs> with the thing that goes all tentacly or the person from I Alien mean, that has well, the chest they, burster. They, they just they they put so many things inside of him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh I gave it a four. Jake, I understand what you're saying. I do think it it has some individually very scary scenes. I think the isolation of space, they do a good job of of making a real thing. Ultimately, I, really, I, I was too angry at it to be scared by it. It's it's a four. The one thing that I will say, the reason that it's like, I think three is a relatively low score, and I think this is deserving of a, rel- a relatively low score, is space, isolation, scare. Alien does it well, and there's another notable recent non-horror movie that does it significantly better than this and makes you feel much more isolated and much more there's much more dread associated with that, and that is Interstellar, to me, at least. And honestly, gravity does it too. There's gravity. Well, I don't think it's. Oh my god, gravity's kind of fucked. We're not talking about gravity. We're not talking about. We're not talking about gravity. (laughs) The movie's fucking stupid. Holy shit! Gravity was a terrible fucking movie. (laughs) Okay, we're gonna we're gonna move to Mark. We're gonna move to Mark. (laughs) Go. Let me collect my. uh, uh, Wow. I hated Gravity, dude. None, none of that movie made any fucking sense. That's not how Gravity Mark, works. You're, if you're going to name your movie after sc- something, maybe understand how it works. You're talking about Scare for not Gravity. The movie should have been called Angular Momentum. It shouldn't even be called that. It should be called, like, the opposite of Angular Momentum. That's the whole... The opposite of Angular Momentum. <laughs> Mark, give it your fucking Scare score. <laughs> Two and a half. What?! Great. What do you mean? What do you That's mean? What? You give it a score. You give it a three. We're all on the same page here. Yeah, it's scare. It's fine. The scariest, the scariest scene in this movie, just to just to elaborate on the thing we were already talking about, is where the hand is crawling up the thing. But then the no. problem, the problem with that scene is that they about? immediately then just splice in the dude saying like, "Oh, that's my arm." Huh? 
and they make yeah, it Chris funny. O'Dowd is too charming to be scared. Yeah, so oh. But like the actual moment where they show it is is very well constructed and good. I like it. Well, we're going to talk Great. about that in our next category, which is effects or judicious lack thereof, something we have notably not talked at all about yet. So, Jake. <laughs> yeah, we have it. I, I think ultimately, like, yeah, there's a lot of CG here, but it looks pretty good. For the mo- I mean, for the most part, this thing shows that it had a big budget. I didn't have a problem with a lot of the effects. There are some instances where you're like, that's a lot of CG, you guys. It's a lot. And that takes away from it a bit. I don't think the score was tremendous, but I don't think it was particularly bad. And I have no recollection of anything that had to do with sound design. So I can't even comment. I guess it was unoffensive to me. You know what's funny? I'm going to go ahead and give this a six and a half. They didn't even do the thing that like is a super fucking easy layup in in space movies where it's like someone's screaming, but they're in space so you can't hear it. I know, right? None of that. I gave it a six and a half. I gave it an eight. Okay. Look, when I, I mean, think I don't, about I don't effects, hate that score. I, I think of yeah, I think about what they fucked up. They didn't fuck anything up real hard, except the terrible Cloverfield monster at the very, very end. But I'm not going to remember enough for me to give it that high of a score. They had some either. really legitimately good practical. You could tell a lot of that space station was built and looked really good. The sets the set, were that's really a good point. cool. The sets were. The sets were well designed. I'll agree with that. They, and they did show that they had some attention to detail. Okay, fine. You, you, I'll give it a seven. They've That's got worms, bump, bump. you guys. Good they've point. got worms. Yeah. They, they, That's great too, Mark. <laughs> they they Look, I'm trying to look at things that did wrong. And yes, it's heavy on the CG, but none of the CG looked bad to me. There's a, a decent amount of fire in this movie too. The fire looked good. I yeah. They did a really good job. And if we're going to use this much CG, this is what it's supposed to look like. This is what CG can be. And should be. It looked good. It's an eight. It's really high. I gave it Mark. a seven and a half. Uh, yeah. We're on the same page. I Yeah, this is a effects heavy movie. And even if the effects are in service of a fairly idiotic execution of the plot, they still look pretty good. I I am legitimately concerned, or not concerned, uh, curious about one thing. What did you guys think of, I'm just going to fixate on the arm here, on uh, on the arm stump? I hated that. That was that was something that I did not like. That's okay. a negative part of the effects. Because part of my dumb. brain is like, so somehow this thing is like clean severed into another dimension somehow, so that like there's everything's coagulated and there's like no blood loss or pain or anything. But you still so have part a part of me is like, maybe it should just look like an MRI slice, you know? But then the <laughs> it's other what a textbook slice of an arm looks like, yeah. Yeah, and then like sealed with epoxy or like like something you'd see at like Body Worlds. That's what he has. Right, preserved. Yeah. And then the other part of my brain that's like logical is like, no. <laughs> there you still there are arteries in there, and that's not what that would look like. <laughs> right. Okay. Seven and a half is what I gave it. <laughs> Which is gonna bring us to our final category, the overall category. Jake, what are you thinking overall for this guy? Yeah. It's hard, man. I'm 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 so I think story and overall are the two most overlapping for me in terms of difficulty to rate this as what it is and what it is within Cloverfield universe, right? A I, lot of people, I don't like either. <laughs> a lot of people were not happy when this came out, and I actually tend to disagree. I don't think that this is that bad of a movie. The most offensive thing to me was like the very, very end and whatever i can kind of forget that, that happened and forgive i guess <laughs> the most the most insulting thing to you is the actual like the literal tie-in to the rest of the universe yes all right cool 
They didn't have to do it. It's so on the nose and it's so like exactly they, cheap. Yeah, they didn't have to do it. Keep talking. I'll bring it back up. Do you disagree? No, I completely agree with you. I just think you okay, should be that's, weighing that's it more fantastic. heavily. You po- I I'm I I said it was the most offensive thing, Mark. I don't even know what else you want me to say. You said you, frankly, you you frankly, I'm flabbergasted at the amount of stride that you've just blown up. I'm giving this a six and a half, and I'm done. That's high. <laughs> it's very yeah. high. I gave it a four. Yeah, you did. So you rounded way down. Way down. I, I don't even Weird. know if I rounded way down based on my average scores. I haven't been paying oh, attention d- to you, what I've been rating it. You did. I, I'm very mad at this movie for the movie it could have been and for what it does to the Cloverfield universe and the way it tried. Like, it, it, it makes both worse. It's a worse movie for trying to be part of the Cloverfield universe, and it makes Cloverfield worse for injecting itself into the Cloverfield universe. I don't like either, but I definitely liked it better than a four just watching it, like, as a movie. It's, it's, I'm giving it a tilt down. I'm giving it a tilt down. I don't often give tilt downs like this, but I am, I, I have to. You gave it the same amount of tilt down as I gave it up. Which is basically a point. 1.25 1.25 points, Mark. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I also I also gave it a four. And frankly, I could not have said it better myself, Jack. This movie is worse for being part of Cloverfield, and Cloverfield is worse for having this movie be a part of it. They should have just... It's fine to include the Cloverfield moniker on this thing, but don't connect them. For the love of fucking God, that last scene is so insulting. And not even the last scene, but all the scenes with the guy and the girl in the bunker and all that shit. You don't need any of that shit. And, well, yeah, I mean, I actually, I, I think I disagree with that a little bit. Their storyline is a little weird. It needs to be a little bit more fleshed out. But that's I do, what I'm saying. I do, yeah, okay. If that's all this you're saying, that's clearly a different movie. Exactly. But, like, this just seems like a half-assed attempt all the way around. And that's not really what this franchise is known for. They're known for, like kind of diving deep on an individual topic. Well, I don't know about that, because 10 Cloverfield Lane had some shit crammed on at the end. Yeah. It, so, okay. So, if we just examine the timeline here, Cloverfield, good standalone movie. Nothing tacked on. 10 Cloverfield Lane, 90%. Pretty good movie. 10% tacked on. This movie, 100% tacked on. They just tacked on the entire fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in any In any case... I here's here's the interesting thing. I think I'm rating this like an A-level blockbuster movie when realistically what this movie is, unfortunately, is like a B movie that you need to mystery science theater the shit out of. And Jake, I'm doing your work for you, so be taking some notes for the next segment. If you're sitting if you're going into this movie assuming it's something to be made fun of and not really taken seriously, it's going to be fucking hilarious and awesome. If you're watching it like an extension to, honestly, one of the better movie franchises we still have today in the Cloverfield franchise, it's a huge fucking letdown. Yeah. Why? Because they Because don't, of what the movie could have been? Like, what legitimately let you down? What were you expecting? A coherent story. Seriously? I didn't give it a Did seven, you? so I can say that. I didn't give it a seven either. No one gave this a seven. Mark gave it a seven. I, I don't. The elevator. Oh, the, the elevator I, pitch was good. But I, I would say the actual execution of the story was was a two and a half, which is what I gave it. There was, those are two different things. The story and the execution of the story are two different things. Mm. 
Look, I was, I was expect. I'm, I'm fine. I honestly don't even hate the idea of ripping open dimensions, and that's what causes Cloverfield clovers to go into different space-time continua, or however you say the plurality of that word. But continua. I, I do hate that this was a different movie that they tried to just jam into the Cloverfield universe with that and just tacked on some earth scenes to go along with this that they didn't flesh out. Here's my problem with that though. Now this movie is just Pacific Rim. Now Cloverfield is just Pacific Rim before they invented the robots. That's all it is. Yes. I, I just, I'm having a hard time feeling how this is more disconnected from what Cloverfield quote unquote is than 10 Cloverfield Lane. Well, I, really I, I don't think it is, but, and, and if it had well, been, that's what, it's exactly what you guys are saying. No, so. no, no, no. Because if it had been 10 Cloverfield Lane, a terrific coherent movie from start to finish with some weird shit tacked on at the end, that'd be a very, very different story. So you're saying it's not as good a movie, but, it, but what I feel like you guys are saying. No, no, more... I'm saying they removed shit from this movie to make it a part of the Cloverfield universe. And I don't think they, don't they removed it. I, they must have, because there was something... If there wasn't something explaining why... Then it was just a shit movie to begin with. If there wasn't something explaining the voices in his head and the malef- maleficent forces uh, that are causing all this terrible shit to happen, then this was a shit movie to begin with, and it made no sense. Yeah, I mean, they ultimately, the, that the, biggest, the biggest problem here is that they do every single plot element wrong. They don't... They... It's written by a bunch of like ADD monkeys. Like they don't, they they do yeah, something that's I, kind of tropey for like five minutes, and then they immediately abandon that storyline and move on to the next one. And as a result, so, you never get any consistent build of like I have no idea how to describe this movie because it's thirty different movies and they all just happen to be set in outer space. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I feel like what this what this is showing is there was an immense amount of uncertainty and wherever. Wherever that handoff took place, it didn't get fully fleshed out. And totally. that's what we ended up getting. Totally. Can we also... But at the same time, I still... I would go as far as to say I don't have that much more, if at all, a sour taste in my mouth after watching this than I did 10 Cloverfield Lane. Because 10 Cloverfield Lane is like totally coherent, totally coherent. And then it gives you a punch that I'm not sure you were expecting or needed. Right. Whereas this is like a little bit more discombobulated throughout and that kind of deadens the blow here's the yeah here's the thing that differentiates i don't know that's a problem this movie they didn't even necessarily have to have included any none of the characters on the space station interacted in any meaningful way with any of the cloverfield shit it's so disconnected that it's what is the what is the cloverfield shit that's what, like that's any of the stuff on earth or the monsters or any of it any of the sub they didn't know I know. I'm not. That's not the actor's fault. I'm saying that's they put the movie together that way. Fault. Ten Cloverfield Lane. I mean, Lane. you could argue. You could argue that in Ten Cloverfield Lane, there was no Cloverfield shit. What is Cloverfield shit? No one even knows at this point. That's like what's so confusing. I maintain I that Cloverfield I'm shit not... is just well put together stories of how people react to the end of the world or giant calamities. I'm not because saying... that lets you give this movie a lower score. No, no, actually, no, no. I mean, I didn't, frankly, I didn't if this movie love had done that. that they, it, frankly, if this movie had get, had cut off the last ten seconds, it would be like a full point or more higher. Stop it would trying not, to. It would not for me. It is not the last. Te- I want. I want that to be clear. It is not the last ten seconds for me. It's. That's I'm willing to it, let though. that go. That is. It's bad, it. and I have to let it go. It is not that because for me. it's bad. 
Yeah. And maybe that's the difference is like, I'm willing, like it, look, if you can like willingly put yourself into a state of like dis disbelief on that. Sure. And just, I just, have to, yeah, exactly. I, uh, I probably have to, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to let this fly. There are so many other ways you could have done this and it would have been so easy. It would have been an, like, it would have been a fucking layup to do. And they decided to go a completely different path that is way more offensive is probably too strong a word, but way like more lazy as far as like a total narrative standpoint of a trilogy. Look, the the difference for me between this and 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I think is a lot about what we're talking about, is that that is a really good, coherent, put-together movie that I can follow from start to finish with some shit tacked on at the end. Yeah. This is a shitload of different movies crammed together with no aspect of any of them finished. Here's here's another thing that I... that really bothered me, I think, in retrospect. So the main, the captain of the of the trip is uh, Keel, right? David, tell me with his name. Oyelowo. Yeah, Oyelowo. Yeah, that one. I want to put an N in there. Very nice. Oyelowo. Yeah, keep doing that. That's good. Nailed it. Can we get fucking past this idiotic trope of... Like, the door has to be locked from the inside, so I have to do this heroic thing and lock, my, lock myself in this airlock. Can we get past it? That's not that's not good anymore. That was good once. We can't get past maybe it. Maybe, like, twice. Stop fucking doing that in movies. It's not good anymore. It's lazy and shitty. It's fucking <laughs> yeah. terrible story writing. Yeah, especially when you're... <laughs> and you gave this movie a 7 for the writing right because i don't i don't count that i'm thinking of it as a from a conceptual like this could have been a uh, basically a an additional like event horizon type movie so what mark is saying is that he gives his story rating based on that 30 second plot synopsis where if you're good at that you wouldn't talk about him locking himself away and totally dying oh no no, mark Mark does this a lot he gives on what he it could be and that's yeah and and I guess the, the backside of that is that I end up weighting that category much less. I just feel like it's important to say, like, the, the bare bones here are important, and they're good. But yeah. what this movie turned into is fucking bad and insulting. Okay. I'm going to suggest something, you guys. I'm talking myself down below where I was. I want to go we even lower. We don't <laughs> need to do a why you should watch this, why you shouldn't watch this. We've said all the things I think we can say about this. Sure. Correct sure. me if you disagree. I don't think no, any I, of I us agree. have anything else to say about this movie. I don't think it's as bad. I as you guys certainly think it don't is. think we're going to agree. <laughs> That's correct. So, like the last few weeks, we can declare me the winner of that segment and just uh, end it. Yeah, makes sense to me. Just sort of ends. And on that note, this has been episode 75 of the A to Z Horrorcast. To check out everything we have going on, head on over to a to z horror.com or come hang out with us on our social media channels. You can find us over on Twitter or on Facebook. Those links will be down there in the description below. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, you can also head on over to a to z horror. Oops! To downrightcreepy.com <laughs> and the Phantom Podcast Network to check out the rest of the Phantom Podcast family. Trust me, they're all great, despite the fact that I just fucked that up. If you like the podcast and what you've been hearing after these two hours of, of recording, this then go one. ahead, give it a like, give it a rating, and if you really want to help us out, just go ahead and tell one of your friends about it. Believe it or not, that actually does help. As always, the music is coming at you from Space Bear. That's not right. It is Super Bear. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs>
this is this has gone on too long. Next week, I don't even know what we're reviewing. We're we gonna go back to the grudge. Yes. Are we going to the grudge? grudge. We're going to the grudge Maybe. next week. American Jay. We haven't followed our schedule great. in the last like six weeks. <laughs> we're like, we're like three for ten, I think, on the last few weeks. <laughs> well, well, uh, Super Bowl happened, so you do what you do. Anyway, until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everybody. I prefer I prefer the boobies one. You've been listening to the Phantom Podcast Network on downrightcreepy.com. Follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud for more creepy shows. <laughs>